Welcome to the Utah Podcapalians, a podcast of the Diocese of Utah, where we look at some of the unusual things going on in our diocese and in our church, and we look at just sort of things that are interesting topics that make the Episcopal Church unique, and one of those is how do we select our leaders, and specifically our bishops. We have had 11 bishops in the Diocese of Utah in 152 years, and we're about to get our 11th, and to talk about that, we have the ultimate authority, and that is the chair <laughs> of our search committee or nominating committee, whatever you'd like to call it, the Reverend Michael Carney from St. Elizabeth's Church in White Rocks, Utah. And let's get right into it. We're talking about selecting a bishop. What does that mean? Don't we just get one from the wider church? Isn't there just somebody who shows up one day and says, hi, I'm your bishop? Hi, Craig. It's great to be back here again. And uh, no, the stork is not going to bring us our new bishop. It's a little more complicated than that. But it's wonderful, too, because when you think of all the different churches around us, we are really unique in choosing our own shepherd, our statewide leader, our bishop. And this is a long tradition of the Episcopal Church, right back to our founding at the time of the founding of the United States of America. And uh, we take it very seriously, uh, but with a great deal of joy that we have this opportunity to uh, collaborate with God's will and God's plans, listen to the voice of the Spirit, get to meet some wonderful priests who are wondering if they might be uh, the one who will be called to lead us, and uh, ultimately we'll be uh, voting in a convention in April of 2021, just a little more than a year away. What will happen during this next one-year period before even the election. Obviously, you're not just sitting around and waiting till uh, 2021. We've got a long wait if that's what it is. What will you be doing during this year? We just had a wonderful meeting of the nominating committee yesterday. There are 10 of us. We come from all around the state of Utah, uh, represent diverse communities uh, and people who've been in the church a long time some people who are relatively newer, just a great group of people, gifted in all their, you know, bringing many gifts from their lives. And uh, what we're going to, the place where we're going to begin is by getting to know ourselves better as the community of Episcopalians in Utah. Uh, we're going to be conducting a survey very soon. Uh, it will be available online or it can be uh, filled out in, uh, on paper, on hard copy. But it's an opportunity for people all around the state to give us feedback on what they love about the church, what's been done well, what are our challenges, um, you know, just to, to hear all the voices from the people of Utah. And then at our convention coming up in Salt Lake City at the end of April, uh, we'll have opportunities to sit down with people and just review some of the findings of our survey and uh, check in with people to see if everything was covered, uh, if we're getting a good picture. And then as we get to know ourselves better, we can begin to refine the qualities we're looking for in a leader, the gifts and experience that would be most helpful to us, 
so that the new leader who comes here will be a, an empowering partner for us to help us live out our dreams and God's dreams for us. Would you say then that this is a process where we find somebody who matches who we are rather than we get a leader and we then match ourselves to that leader? Precisely, Craig, and uh, even more than that, um, we hope that potential candidates, as they look at the material we develop and the statements we make about our, our identity and values and goals, they're gonna be, get excited about us. They're gonna wanna come here and work with a vibrant community like ours uh, to spread the good news of Jesus Christ across Utah and to serve the people in need in our communities. Um, so we hope we'll all really get excited about each other. How important is a bishop? Now, I don't mean that condescendingly. Mm -hmm. I don't mean to, to make that a comment of, um, of saying, well, it's more important than as congregations we do what we're doing. But how important in our Episcopal system mm -hmm. is a bishop? What precisely does he or she do that does affect you as a cleric and your people at your church in White Rocks, um, similar as it might to somebody in Ogden or Salt Lake City? What does a bishop do that directly affects what you do and what I do as somebody who sits in the pews? Well, the bishop is the, the ultimate leader of the Episcopal Church in Utah. And for many people, I think that person is uh, an esteemed visitor who comes to their church once every year. Maybe they see them at convention or uh, see them on the internet speaking or uh, in press releases at the legislature, things like that. But they have a powerful, symbolic, and unifying role in our church system. Uh, they are the ones who are the pastors for all the people of Utah, and especially for the priests and deacons. They are also, uh, they unite us with the wider church, not only across the United States and in neighboring countries, but throughout the Anglican communion all over the world. Um, bishop Hayashi has been a wonderful uh, example of how a bishop can bring people together, serve pastoral needs, uh, bring greater health into our diocesan family, and be a prophetic voice, a strong voice for justice and inclusion of all people uh, in our state. So uh, he's, he's just been a wonderful example. Uh, he's gonna be missed by so many of us and uh, we don't seek to uh, find a replacement for him. We seek to find another person with some of those qualities that he brings as he embodies what it means to be a bishop in Utah. Do each one of our bishops, if you look past the 11, and I know you weren't here 152 years <laughs> ago. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that perhaps that was the case or even 50 years ago, but does each bishop bring a personality? Uh, does each bishop represent a place that the church is in an era 
or how would you describe that? Or is it each bishop reflects who we were at a different time? Some of our past bishops are remarkable figures, well known in church history and uh, esteemed all over the country. I mean, I think of Bishop Tuttle, our first bishop who arrived on horseback and served a huge area in the Intermountain West. Uh, just even in a car, that would be a challenging area to serve today, and he did it on horseback. Or I think of John Paul Jones, am I getting the name right? Paul Who, Jones. Yeah. Paul Jones, sorry, yeah. too many names there. Yep. But uh, he was, uh, had a tremendous reputation for social justice work and is recognized on the calendar of uh, holy men and holy women in the Episcopal Church as a model for doing that. Um, others are not uh, known for such distinctive qualities, but very often we know the people who do good things in the quietest ways can have a huge influence on the family dynamics. There have been builders, there have been pastors, there have been social justice advocates. Everyone is different, but each one has made their mark on the church in Utah and has helped us to reach out to different people in the communities around us and uh, be a voice for the gospel uh, in the midst of the unique communities of Utah. I know you haven't done the surveys yet, and you haven't really done what we call the profile, mm -hmm. which is who we are, and then that is put out publicly so that a bishop, a potential bishop, could look at that and say, I feel a calling there. But what, even generally, are some of the challenges that the modern church faces that perhaps uh, a bishop of 50 years ago wouldn't have been facing? And, and what are some of those challenges that you know, without having done the survey yet, that mm -hmm. we'll definitely be looking at? Well, I am old enough to remember 50 years ago. <laughs> and uh, growing up in Sioux City, Iowa, everybody went to church. It was just a question of which church you went to. And obviously, we live in an entirely different world now. And uh, sometimes people wring their hands over the changes and regret, you know, how the world is changing so quickly. But, but here we are, and there are many remarkable opportunities uh, in the church today. And I think the people who choose to invest their lives, their times, their hopes, their dreams in the church, um, we have a very passionate community of people, very engaged. Uh, their faith is really important in their lives. And uh, welcoming all of God's people and reaching out to those who are in need is, is critically important for all of our churches. Some of the congregations in Utah are small, but they have a big impact in their local communities. And uh, they are respected by all kinds of people who may belong to some other tradition or not be churchgoers at all. And uh, I think, you know, it's, these are different challenges than we knew when I was a kid or even when I was a young adult. So um, we do need uh, new approaches to leadership. You mentioned the profile, and what we hope to do in the profile is to show potential candidates 
what we're excited about in our community, what the opportunities are here, what are the challenges that we face. And we hope that as they look at that, they may see, wow, some of the qualities that I bring, some of the gifts that I have, some of the things I love in ministry and in my life, they might be a match for those people in Utah. And uh, when that final match is made, you know, we, we think it's going to be a really exciting new beginning for the Diocese of Utah. And a reminder, you're listening to the Utah Episcopalians, a podcast of the Diocese of Utah. I'm Craig Wirth of the Diocese, and wonderful guest today, one of our favorites, uh, the Reverend Michael Carney, who is the vicar of St. Elizabeth's in White Rocks. And any time you're on the uh, podcast, I do have to say, you got to tell us a little bit about your church because it's one of the 20 churches, one of the 22 congregations mm -hmm. that a new bishop will be the pastor of. And uh, certainly your church as a mission church is directly under the bishop. Some of the churches have a little bit uh, more uh, different type of arrangement if they're a parish. But you also represent a, a, uh, a group in this church that has been a vibrant and a growing personality in our church. And do you want to tell us, um, I got to give you a 30 seconds to give a plug <laughs> for your church because it's a good one. Thank you, Craig. Well, St. Elizabeth's and our sister church, Holy Spirit in Randallette, Utah, are, have been serving the people of the Ute Reservation in Northeast Utah for more than 100 years. We're deeply embedded in that community. And uh, uh, we are, I think we are appreciated and respected by a whole variety of people who you can imagine may have very different spiritual backgrounds. But uh, um, they recognize the genuineness of our love of our Creator, of the Spirit that moves and inspires and enlightens us, and of the healing power of Jesus and the, and the teachings that he shared that mean so much to uh, people of all different types. So we're, we're really connected among the Ute people, and uh, we join with the community in their great concern for the young people, children, youth, and young adults uh, who grow up in such difficult circumstances, who are the inheritors of so much trauma historically. Uh, it's just terrible stories of what have happened over the past 150 years. And uh, uh, we, we have a, a prominent children's arts program, uh, children and uh, teenagers, that's very much appreciated by all different kinds of people, just keeps growing and growing, and uh, we help the kids to make a healthy beginning in their lives so that hopefully as young adults they can begin to find their way forward and not get caught up by all the temptations of the world. What does this say about our church that you are the chair of this important committee? I'm sure and, and let's be honest about it, that probably there was a time in our history that um, the chair would have naturally come from one of our larger churches in an mm -hmm. urban area, such as Salt Lake or Cathedral, 
uh, some of the older churches. What does that say about our church that the congregation you represent, your ministry, you are the chair of this important committee? What does that say? Well, I'm, I'm, for one thing, I'm deeply honored by being uh, chosen for the nominating committee and then chosen as the chair. And uh, I hope that my gifts and experience will be very helpful in this process. I'm a collaborative leader and I want to bring out the voices of all the people. We don't have a large number of congregations in Utah, but we are a very diverse community with the two Native American churches there's a vibrant Sudanese congregation, Hispanic congregations that represent important constituencies, and many small town churches, as well as the bigger churches in, in and around Salt Lake City. So um, uh, I think it honors the diversity of our backgrounds and our congregations that someone coming from one of those churches could be entrusted with this position. And one thing I love about the nominating committee is that we represent all different groups within the diocese. The larger churches, smaller churches, uh, far-flung churches, uh, ethnically diverse churches. Um, it's a great group of people and we all are united in, in wanting to do our best to represent the people of Utah and help us discover who this wonderful new leader is who will be coming to uh, join us next year. And I do have to say I've spent a decade working at the diocese in the communications uh, department and I just got to personally say I don't think they could have made a better choice than to have oh, you. Oh, thank you. And I, I do mean that, that uh, your sense of ministry, your abilities um, the, to entrust you with this important committee to chair it. Um, it's a honor to work with you in this and an honor to know that you have our best interest and the church and certainly what the Lord Jesus Christ has in plans for our mm -hmm. diocese. You, you're the right one to entrust. But let's move on and say. Thank you very much, Craig. Um, That's very is this affirming. a good gig? Is the Diocese of Utah, I mean, we're not the biggest. Where mm -hmm. might be the smallest? Who knows in the entire 104 diocese of the Episcopal Church? We're definitely not in the top 50, not mm -hmm. in the top 75, probably not in the top 90 in size. But is this a good gig uh, for somebody to become bishop? I think it's a wonderful opportunity for the right person. Um, I wouldn't live anywhere but in the West. And that's not a majority view in our world. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people who are more drawn to the big cities. And um, how interesting that Bishop Hayashi served in the Bay Area, in Utah, and in Chicago before returning home, as you would say, uh, here to Utah. He recognized the unique opportunities here, and he's done so much to build up the strength and health of this diocese. I mean, think of some of the unique qualities of Utah. I mean, the beauty of the state is legendary, right? But it makes a bishop's job a little tricky. Even with a, uh, a car instead of a horse, 
uh, getting around to Page, Arizona, and Moab, Utah, and White Rocks, and Vernal, and Randlett. Um, you know, when the weather's bad, those are not easy trips, not at all. Um, another quality of Utah that's unique is the uh, strongly Im embedded Mormon culture of the state. Uh, Bishop Hayashi has really done a wonderful job of establishing our presence alongside them, as we have been for the whole 150 years of our existence. Bishop Hayashi has great relationships with Mormon leaders. We collaborate on a number of projects, but one of the key things about the Episcopal Church in Utah is that we are a progressive voice for Christianity here in this state that where the majority uh, would not be described in that way. Um, when we see our bishop and huge contingents of our members in the pride parade in Salt Lake City, this isn't for show. This is who we are. And uh, um, it's really a wonderful opportunity for us to speak boldly of what the gospel, who the gospel calls us to be in the 21st century and how we're living that out in our congregations and as a diocese as a whole. Another thing that strikes me that's really exciting is the uh, Rooted in Jesus conference that just took place in Atlanta. Huge uh, conference on evangelism with Bishop, presiding Bishop Michael Curry was among the leaders of that. And I think we had, what, 80 or 90 people from Utah attended that. So all around the state, there are people who are passionate about the good news of Jesus and, and stirred up to share it with people in their churches and their communities. And uh, um, I think that the combination of these factors makes it a really unique opportunity. We're not looking for just any bishop. We're looking for the person who's called to be the Bishop of Utah, who really falls in love with who we are and our, our opportunities and our challenges. Do you think people will be surprised when they hear that, when they hear that you use the word progressive when you say Utah? You use the word um, out there among the people when you hear of Utah, which we think of perhaps as a little more conservative if we look at the state as a whole. Do you think it's going to be a surprise? It was to me at first, and I lived in Colorado for 10 years. I just didn't know a whole lot about the Episcopal Church in Utah. But um, it has been a revelation for me in a wonderful way. And uh, to see Bishop Hayashi on the steps of the State House uh, when the bill, the Medicaid expansion was being signed into law, or around uh, gun violence concerns, or as I said, the Pride Parade, um, these are just part of who we are in the Episcopal Church in Utah. And uh, uh, it's not just, this is not political. These are voices of faith. This is who the gospel calls us to be. This is how we believe Jesus would be acting if he were here in the flesh as he once was. We have to be his hands and heart now. 
and uh, uh, that's a big part of our call and our identity in the Diocese of Utah. We started the program by talking what you're going to be doing over the next year. What you're going to be doing for your summer vacation. <laughs> you've mentioned a survey, you've mentioned an election. Um, what are a couple of the other things that will be going on in this year prior to the election of a new bishop a year from now? Mm -hmm. Well, I want to begin by putting out a plea to people who are interested, who have ever been to an Episcopal church in Utah. Uh, the uh, survey we're going to conduct is going to come out in March, uh, we think at the end of March. Uh, it'll only take about 20 minutes to fill out online, or uh, uh, already our churches are getting organized to help people who have any challenges with dealing with technology or or to do it in paper, but we want to hear all those voices. That's really important. That's how the Spirit is going to work in our nominating process, to have as much input as we can so we have the clearest idea of who we are individually. And then as you referred to earlier, we are beginning to develop a, uh, a profile which will be uh, uh, an electronic document that will be shared all over the country uh, to let people know about the opportunities I've been talking about in Utah, to introduce them to the people of our churches, to let them see in photographs and by reading the stories, let them see what kind of presence we are for Jesus and the gospel in Utah. And uh, it there are many, many steps in this process, but by the end of this summer, we're going to be talking to potential candidates and beginning to screen out the people who uh, have expressed interest and to give them a chance to get to know us a little bit so that they can discover for themselves whether this is an opportunity they're drawn to. So uh, it's going to move along quickly, and I just hope that as many people as possible will get involved in the process. Um, Craig, you've been extremely helpful with the diocesan newsletter, the Bishop Search website. We're going to keep putting information out there a couple times a month at least. So please, people, keep checking these uh, sources to uh, find out the latest. And uh, if you have questions, let us know. Uh, we we want to keep everyone as for informed as much as possible. And that website is utahbishopsearch.org. Thank you. utahbishopsearch.org. And all that you've mentioned here, and I know we're about wrapped up here on time, but everything you've mentioned is that this is not a secret process. Certainly names are confidential, as in any type of calling, uh, but the process is, do we want to be clear on that, that it is not a hidden process, that the whole process is transparent, right? Yes, we want, to, we want to provide as much information as we can so people will be, will be informed about the steps we're taking. We want everyone to know that we are a, the nominating committee is a representative group of Utah Episcopalians, men and women, clergy and lay, uh, you know, we represent diverse communities around the state. We were chosen, uh, we were elected to be on this committee, 
and now we are leading the process so that all of us together can elect our new bishop. So uh, please let us know what your questions are, if you have any, and uh, uh, keep, keep up to date with these uh, sources of information so that you'll, uh, you won't be surprised when you start hearing uh, the great news of our steps forward. And finally, I would imagine as a priest, you encourage prayer in the process. Uh, it's so important because this is a journey of discovery. We're discovering more about who we are and we believe that God is calling people to be candidates and one special person to be our new bishop. And we need the Spirit to guide us along that process. So the prayers of every member of the church, every friend of the church, everyone who can, uh, who has a concern for this turning out well. Uh, we, we really appreciate your prayers. It's a, it's a great responsibility that's been put into our hands and uh, that will help us carry it out in the very best way. With that, we thank you very much. The Reverend Michael Carney, who is the vicar of St. Elizabeth's in Roosevelt, well, near Roosevelt. Why did I say that? It's just you turn left at Roosevelt. Or, <laughs> That's true. Make sure you get gas at Roosevelt if you're going to make it. That's even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, uh, but just down the road from Roosevelt, St. Uh, Elizabeth's, which is in White Rocks, which is just, well, what, about 20 miles from Roosevelt? 19 miles 19 from Roosevelt. 19 miles, I know, okay. And I do have a can of gas if anybody runs out <laughs> okay. on their way. A wonderful place, <laughs> but more importantly for us today, is the chair of our nominating committee or search committee, whatever you want to call it, which is instrumental in the selection of what will be the 12th bishop of the Diocese of Utah. I'm Craig Wirth of the Diocese. Thanks a lot for listening.